Hello everyone! Welcome to Couples Book Club! We're a couple of nerds who like to read and we're reading for you. Should I get my giant mug to drink out of? Yeah, you should. I thought about using that in class the other day. <laughs> Just like walking in with like a half gallon of water in my giant mug. <laughs> like, hey guys, what's up? I got Isaac a giant mug. It'll have to be book nerd on it. Like a half gallon of water and then like a like a swirly straw in there, I think would be nothing says professionalism like a like a swirly straw. Yeah, we're coming at you from our living room in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota. Straight out of St. Paul, yo. It was a lovely fall day, and we read a new book for you. It's called The Gollum and the Ginny. Be kind of a dick move if we just like did another podcast of a book we'd already read. <laughs> uh, it's by Helene Wecker. I'm Lauren. That's Isaac. We're married to each other, and we can read. It's, uh, it's high praise. <laughs> on my CV now. Mm. Married can read. That'd be a good business card slogan. Yep. Slogo. Slogan. A slogan. Maybe a slogan. Uh, listen, I'm an innovator. I'm a disruptor. I'm calling it a slogan. <laughs> um, I just got up from a nap a little bit ago, um, so that you know might inform my energy levels. Yeah, I've been up for like I don't know, fifteen or sixteen hours. So. Yep, yep. Isaac worked at four o'clock in the morning. I have a nighttime soccer game after this, so really. Fire on all cylinders here, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, like, extra ones. Like, there are ones outside of the engine that you just, like, stick onto it so they can fire also. I guess we could give a short synopsis. Because that's what we usually do. Yeah, yeah. Just for all the losers who didn't read along with us. Yeah. What were you doing? It's really good. Seriously? Well, okay, so it's like a sort of historical, kind of magical novel magical no this is all real dude sorry it's a documentary best friends of Ginny um as you might have guessed it's about a golem and we're saying golem or golem Ginny golem we're saying golem golem I think that's how it's pronounced okay um, we talked about it before we said golem I think so I don't really care it just makes me think of the Lord of the Rings thing so I want to make sure I'm not like doing it wrong golem is that is that guy yeah Right. Yeah. This is a golem. It's a golem. Okay. Something else. Okay. All right. First of all, I don't think that there are even any hobbits that are Jewish. So it's your first mistake. You don't know that. Well, I don't know that, but it's presumptuous. It seems like a pretty like. You're being anti-Semitic towards Jewish hobbits. Well, show me a Jew hobbit, and we'll be on our way. All right, man. It's my project for next time. Locate slash interview Jewish Hobbit. Um. So this is a it's kind of a complex novel with various storylines that intersect and interweave in a very satisfying way, I think. Um, but mainly, it's uh, a story about two magical creatures who are kind of accidental immigrants to the United States in a, like 1899 and end up in New York. 
Would we call them religious, or is the Ginny mostly a cultural rather than religious figure? He's, he's not really religious. That's the, not a The religious. golem to me is religious. Right. But. Right, so golem is a creature made of clay that comes out of, like, sort of like mystical, Kabbalistic... Um, Judaism. Judaism, yeah. yep. Um, and Ginny is a, a, a being that's, like, made of fire. Yeah, I feel like that's just like a Middle Eastern like legend kind of thing. I don't think that's specifically yeah. Islamic, but there's this. What's the name of the guy? The husband guy. Husband guy. Who who wants the golem? Otfeld. Yeah, Otto. Otto Otto Rotfeld. So it's 1899, and Otto Rotfeld um, is uh, a Prussian Jew. And he's, like, nobody likes him because he's a jerk. Um, but he's going to, uh, he's emigrating. And he wants a wife. And apparently the only way he can get a wife is to go to the old, like, is he an actual rabbi? Or did he just I go to rabbinical he, school? I think he went to rabbinical school. I don't know if he was ever... I don't know what you do to become certified, confirmed, whatever you do. Ordained. To, ordained, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So he goes to see this guy, Shalman, who, Yehuda Shalman. Yehuda? Who is like the local, um, I don't know. Dark wizard. Dark wizard, <laughs> medicine man type person. It's like creepy dude who lives in like a hut. Uh-huh. No one knows actually how old he is. Oldest time. Oh, he's ninety-three. No. <laughs> you can sing it if you want to. Nah, it's our not podcast. with this voice, no. Under normal circumstances, maybe. But. Isaac's got some like allergies or something happening over there. Yeah, some ready nose unpleasantness. It's very sexy. Uh, so Raphael goes to Shaman and is like, "Hey, can you make me a golem?" And he's maybe like, "Maybe a dirt wife, bro." And he's like, maybe, how much money you got? And he's got, and he's like, I've got all the money. M- make it a lady who is uh, curious and intelligent, like my dead sister, the only girl I didn't hate and resent. Uh, well, it's like, it's uh, unusual that he, he wants a, a golem with like, I don't know, not just like automatically slave-like qualities. Yeah, yeah. Because a golem is bound to a specific master and serves him or her um, usually like through brute force and um, is very destructive and dangerous and you... Uh, Eventually runs amok and then you have to destroy it. Right. Right. But Shalman's like, yeah, just give me what I want, which is money, and uh, I'll, I'll make her for you. So then he does. That's awesome. Sort of. Yeah, and then he is traveling. He tells him not to wake up, wake her up with the spell or whatever uh, until they get to New York. But he gets impatient and he's like sick, Rotfeld is. So he wakes her up on the ship, um, which is terrifying for her. And um, then he like promptly dies and she's alone. Yep. And then the Ginny uh, 
shows up in New York after... Um, well, he's captured in the, like, vase or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And is it, is it Miriam who has the vase? Miriam has the vase, yeah, at her coffee shop. And, and so then takes it to Arbili to... Brings it to Arbili, who's a local... Um, Smith? Metal metal, metal Smith, metal worker. Yeah. Uh, metallurgist. And... Studied, but... Arbili accidentally releases the Ginny, but he's just out of the flask thing. He's he's still wearing like an iron bracelet, so he's still he's still enslaved basically well, to he's, whoever he, put him there. He's sort of fixed in his human form. Right. So he yeah, cuz normally a genie can take any shape it wants. Um but its natural shape is like, you know, fire or whatever. Um and so suddenly the Ginny is in 1899 New York in this metalsmith's office. Off, office? Shop. Shop. And is like, WTF is happening. The end. No, just kidding. A lot of Hilarity stuff. Hilarity ensues. A lot of stuff happens. Well, we'll, we'll get to some of it. I think, yeah. I mean, if we tried to do a plot summary, it would take like a half an hour. Right. So. Basically, the Gollum and the Ginny end up... Uh, Crossing paths and becoming kind of so, like sort of bros, friends. They're the only ones who understand each other, right? Um, and yeah, a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of like ancillary characters, and um, it it's all very well done. But yeah, it's kind of complex to explain. So just fucking read it. Yeah, I think just just as a note, I think uh, Ice Cream Soleil is my favorite mm. secondary character. Mm-hmm. He's like pretty him. good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Again, overall, I, I really liked it. It was really yeah, compelling. it was really good. I read it in, like, most of it in, like, two very long sittings this last week because I'm unemployed and I didn't want to do any other work. Which, I mean, it's, like, almost 500 pages, so that's some considerable reading. Yeah. But, I mean, it goes quick, though, because yeah. it's, like, really compelling and you're like, what is gonna happen next? Well, and as, like, I guess at the beginning there's sort of, like, fairly disparate threads, but then you can start to see them coming together, which... Mm-hmm. made me want to keep reading yeah it kind of snowballs and you're like how is this gonna resolve is yep. it gonna resolve yep how does the magic work I think most of the stuff resolves yeah but yeah end. no it's not like some like unsatisfying like cliffhanger ending or some shit it's not helene wecker did not do that she's so satisfied let's see if she has other stuff this came out in 2013 i'd imagine she probably has something else by now yeah but in the back of my copy, there's, like, an interview with the author. And, um... Well, I was telling Isaac about this earlier, but I'll tell our listeners that she was saying that she was having trouble really getting into her groove writing. She wanted to write about her family, which is... Like, they were, like, Eastern European Jewish immigrants and her husband's family, and they are Arab-American and uh, kind of about their immigrant experience and how they're kind of you know very similar but her writing was really kind of coming out like sort of stilted and not it just it just didn't feel right until one of her friends was like hey bro all you read is like sci-fi and fantasy why are you not writing sci-fi and fantasy if that's what you like and she was like oh kick out those stilts man so um (laughs) so then she was like oh well what if I made this a story about, you know, magical creatures from those backgrounds? Um, and that's kind of... But it still took her, like, seven years to write it. 
Understandably so. There's lots of lots of moving parts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine what a, what an awesome like crazy diagram wall she had going. <laughs> also, many different colors of yarn. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I don't have any notes because I'm extremely lazy. I'm just freestyling it. But I see I, that you've some, got some. Some. It's mostly just like jokes and like interesting moments that I enjoyed. So. Well, I mean, we're not going to, like, sit here and talk shit about the book because we liked it, so we might as well just talk about that stuff. Yeah. Unless you've got some shit you would like to talk. About? Oh, you mean shit? Shit talk the book? Or just, you, you know, I mean, I'd just invite you to shit talk as much as you like. Well, that's going to happen just so. peripherally, but... Right, sure. I mean, my focus is the book right now, which yeah. I have no, no specific beef with. So. Yeah. Yeah, but what do you... Tell me about a thing. Well, these are just all like smaller moments here and there. Okay. Uh, one one sidebar that I'm kind of curious about, and I, I assume you thought about it as well. Um, how how does the Ahmad Sophia sex thing work? Oh yes. Okay. Because he's in human form. Right. So presumably, you know, anatomy works. Right. Like, do, are are the fluids there as well? Because he doesn't really have like internal organs, does he? Right. Right, so he, uh, like that, like he the, like the, seduces the golem this, like, doesn't have organs, does she? No. She can like sort of digest stuff, but yeah, a little bit. So he seduces this young rich girl, and they bang a couple times. And spoiler alert, he gets her pregnant. Fire fetus with a fire baby because he's made of fire. Yep. Well, which which she sort of like. I wasn't sure if it was a spontaneous or deliberate abortion. I think it was spun. I think it was a miscarriage because it couldn't live in like the liquid. Well, did did she just she willed it? Can't you do that? <laughs> you can't, according to the the book, cunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I guess it was it was not a a, a, a sustainable environment. If there's like amniotic fluid around it, I right? Suppose. And it was like killing her too. Yeah. And, and then she was just like super cold uh, yeah. after that. After she had fire, literal fire in her belly, she couldn't, She was like never warm again. And like, she got kind of screwed. Um, but <laughs> Literally, right? Uh, uh, boom. boom. I kind of wanted them to get together, to be honest. You can't tame the A-Dog. Um, the A-Dog is a mod. That's the name that our Billy ended up giving him. Uh, page 217 in my book. Paragraph five, my note: Nobody tames the A dog. <laughs> this is a. He's having a discussion with with the golem about. Um, I think she's saying something. In fact, like you've never had to depend on people. He's like, "Fuck that! I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything." Right. Because he just like in gin, in like normal Ginny form, he would just like go wherever, do whatever. Right. He just follow the winds of the desert and like build himself a castle. Glass castle. Glass castle to live in. And then uh, he got a little too interested in what the humans around him Yeah, I was going to say, maybe kind of seduced that girl a little bit. Well, I think that they, like, mind-banged. Yeah. 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 Uh, Didn't didn't turn out that well for her, though. Or him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But she was just, like, dead, dead. Yes. He was just trapped for, you know, thousands of years. Right still tied to his master but but yeah i was just wondering kind of how that works yeah i mean presumably it it, it i guess he's just a very warm human yeah they everyone just talks about how warm he is 
and certain people can see that he glows. Uh, well, mostly Chava, the golem, golem, uh, and uh, the ice cream guy can. Well, I'm just wondering, like, because he can, like, he can light cigarettes and like make candles brighter with his touch. Right, and he can melt the metal. Yeah, the delicate metal. And there's the moment when. Uh, Whatever is due, she's like beating up on Anna, and then uh, oh, the the golem jumps in and he like restrains her by like holding her down and like basically kind of burns her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking like, okay, you know you're 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 having sex with this rich girl. Sure. Heat of the moment. Literally. Literally, like do you, do you lose control of your temperature a little bit? Like is there scorching or there you know it some burns? It doesn't seem like it. I'm just saying like I. I find this unlikely. Okay. I think well, if if you if you're like a fire a fire dude. Yeah. Well, he it has, has very, to be. He has very good control over himself. Yeah. Himself. No, I feel like it, it. It. The. The human form has trapped him. He's not um, dangerous unless he wants to be. Um. Oh, he wants to be dangerous. Yeah. Well, he did say that he enjoyed fucking her more when it was like. Uh, when they were like on the balcony, it was all secret rather than the time he came and like got into a room in her bed and yep. it was all like boring, slow and pleasurable for everyone. He's over it now. He's a balcony fucker. Yep. That Ahmad. <laughs> Textbook balcony fucker. <laughs> Hate those guys. Um... Yeah, so I just wondered about that. Um, the, is the, the biology of the fire fetus itself. Yeah, I don't know. Does he have little, little like, little like spark wigglers? And that's how it works, or I don't, I don't know. They don't get in. She doesn't get into it. I don't think it's important. It's important to me. Okay, that's well, what I'm saying. maybe you could write Helene Wecker a, a letter and be like, <laughs> "I need a chapter about the sperms." Yes. Well, it's also pre- a good question about the sperms from when uh, ha- when Chava marries Michael. Uh, the rabbi's nephew and you know presumably comes in her like does it just like dribble out hmm I just assumed it just gets absorbed into the clay maybe it's just like part of her now it's just like a slightly moister spot for a little while maybe because if she consumes food or drink it just kind of like it just de- comes, decomposes yeah comes back through her kind of just like crumpled up like it doesn't it doesn't digest at all but again, I don't think it's that important. I just I, I'm intrigued by these details. I yeah. know I know they're not important to the overall storyline. <laughs> I'm just like the wheels get turned when I'm reading. Like they, hmm, how does that work? I've got some notes, and they're mostly sperm related. <laughs> I think that's true of most of my podcast contributions. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So that was that was one one thing I had a uh, question. Well, not a question. Maybe a question, but. Uh, I thought a little bit about because there are a couple moments where the um, the golem and like obedience stuff is discussed mm-hmm. like obviously because this is her thing she talks about it being her nature at one point uh, whatever and I'm sort of wondering about like are these problematic gender politics or is this just the nature of the like supernatural thing that she is that like the dude is all like cavalier and shit and she's like devoted against her better interests is like overwhelmed with concern for other people 
Because I feel like in, in in the few depictions I've seen elsewhere, golems have always been dudes. Yeah. And so I thought that was relatively unique in this. And so maybe that sort of, I don't know, undermines that, that line. Yeah. Because if that's just natural to the golem in either either form, it's well, not necessarily yeah, saying anything. Because um, I thought, like, gender politic-wise in general, the book was fine. Yeah. But no issues, but... Well, and I also think that the, the golem is the like the stand-in for the author's family history is like the 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 jewish family history and well i then, suppose generationally and then like her is husband like... is the arab american one so it's like he's the dude yeah maybe well and within the time period too i mean if you're talking late 19th century you know i feel like gender roles are fairly traditional so that might right. be expected regardless but right yeah because i kind of thought about that too but I just think that's kind of incidental and not like she's actually an ideal woman because actually it's like really destructive for her because because her master dies, she has no one to serve, so she's kind of like lost. And so, and she, but she can hear people's wants and desires. Like she can read their thoughts and it's like really like intrusive and stressful for her because she can't help everyone and is going to get into trouble if she tries. So a uh, local rabbi takes her under his wing and tries to train her kind of out of that. Be like, you can't satisfy their desires. You just have to, like, learn to, yeah, what live you, with it. What did you make of their relationship? Her there, and the rabbi? The rabbi. Because there are a few moments, I think, later, maybe even after he dies, where she's sort of thinking about it. Maybe she even sort of comes across his notes about her at one point I think and understands that it's like I think he, he, he cares for her he's sort of like fascinated by her but he also mm-hmm. understands that she's dangerous and would be prepared to destroy her if he needed to yeah but I also think she's kind of okay with that because she understands what she is yeah and the tendencies for you know un- unhinged violence that sort of go along with being a golem well, yeah, because the very last thing she wants is to hurt people, and yet that's one of the main things that she's made for. Right, right, Is right, to, right. like, yeah, protect her master or whoever at all costs. Um, I thought it was kind of nice when they were, uh, when she was first kind of, like, living with him for a little while. Mm-hmm. And they have their nice, like, domestic moments, kind of. Mm-hmm. Where he's just, like, this sad dude in a run-down depart- apartment. Yeah. And she is nice and helps clean it up, and they, I don't know hang out when he's widow he's a widower and he raised his nephew michael but they don't really talk anymore because michael's like i'm a socialist atheist now i help people it's that about man oh gross people the worst but then they find out that um well the the golem's good at everything basically anything she tries she's good at because all she knows how to do is work really hard and her job is to please people, so um, she's amazing at baking, apparently, and also dancing. Well, I mean, I think it helps too with those things too that she knows what people are sort of expecting from her, like literally even the unspoken stuff, and so she can kind of cater to that, which makes her an ideal employee as well. And an ideal wife, as Michael realizes, horrified. I appreciated when it was talking about her uh, when she's at the bakery and she's getting used to kind of like working the counter. Mm-hmm. How she would 
don't know if I'd call it upselling necessarily, but yeah. like could identify what the customer really wants, not the like pseudo healthy thing they want to get for themselves, but the mm-hmm. like crappy thing that they want to get for themselves and like find a way to sort of justify it so they can get this thing that they want. And it sometimes works. Yeah. But she also gets confused about how people think about things that they want, but don't say them out loud or act on them. Yeah, that's just humanity. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, she talks about this a lot with the rabbi, like, you want to destroy me. And he's like, yeah, part of me does want to because I know that you're really dangerous, but I'm also, like, I feel bad for you because you're kind of, like, brought here and brought to life against your will. And... I think that you're really smart and kind and like I've come to care about you so classic, like uh, classic dirt orphan situation <laughs> so like I uh, you know what she should have done you have to learn that you need to judge people by their actions not necessarily their thoughts you know what she should have done what sold newspapers oh become a newsie she would dominate dude yeah never sleeps mm-hmm. be on it constantly yeah oh that was the hardest part for me yeah, they never neither she thing. nor the Ginny never. They don't need to sleep. They don't sleep. See, I feel like it, to me, there's a distinction there with like. This is my worst nightmare. Like you need to sleep, but you can't sleep, which makes me think of like that that X Files episode with the like Vietnam guys who had the like brain thing, so mm-hmm. they couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. But like she doesn't need to. No. Which is I just different really to like me. sleeping. I think. I, it's a great way to waste 12 hours. I don't know that I would want to have that be my all the time, but I think that'd be kind of cool if you could just, like, stay up for a few weeks or something. Oh, if you need, God, if you what a nightmare. To. What would you do? So much stuff done, dude. I don't like doing things. I yeah, get I know. bored, and I get sick of myself, and I'm just like, I just want to, I'm just going to go to bed for a while. <laughs> just, like, not deal with life. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, you know, different philosophies on that one, I suppose. (laughs) Well, and that's how the, um, they become friends is, uh, the rabbi dies and and Kava's upset and she goes, she basically just like kind of runs off into the night, um, which she's not supposed to do as an unaccompanied woman, um, but she runs I mean, she could defend herself if she needs to, but it would just... People might discover her. Right. If she's right. out there. Right, like, she's her superhuman strength. But then she runs into Ahmad because he goes out at night and walks around because he doesn't sleep either, and he's just, like, restless because he feels trapped. Well, he's he cooped up in the shop all day, too. Right. And, um... Wasn't he, he was living there for a while, too, wasn't he, in the shop? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he gets his own place, but... And so they... He convinces her that they should be like walking around at nighttime bros um which sounds actually kind of nice because she can go out because she has an, an escort um well, and i feel like it, and he doesn't admit that he's lonely but he is i feel like if you could do that and you knew you could take care of yourself like they right. can, they, they can clearly can hurt, defend each other because yeah. she has superhuman strength and he can just like burn people if he wants to right so, like, if you could do that and know, like, nothing bad was going to happen to you, I think that'd mm-hmm. be really cool to be able to walk around and just, like, see the city at night and the weird, like, rooftop culture that they talk about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Well, yeah, and all that stuff about, like, that turn-of-the-century, like, New York City stuff sounds... I mean, that historical shit's my jam, so He's, like, he's cool. like constantly breaking into the aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> he's breaking into the aquarium. Well, because he... 
it, water can kill him. So it seems he's like, like fascinated it, it's by it's a decent it. bit though. He needs to be like immersed. Yeah. But so or he's least, fascinated least, by all that water that's so close. I guess that like sustained heavy rain weakens him, but Yeah. Uh, so like if it's really rainy, he kinda has to stay inside and then uh Chava's like, I'll just get a fucking hat. And he's like, I don't wanna get a hat or an umbrella. It's gonna mess up my hair. <gasps> it's not cool. Guys make fun of me. That was one of my favorite moments towards the end, though, when he's, uh, once, uh, Shalman is, like, back in the, the vase or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's taking it back to the desert, when he has to cross the ocean, ocean on the ship, mm-hmm. and he's just, like, will not go up on deck. Yeah. And then, like, does once, and it's like, nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, because the ocean is terrifying and will destroy him. It's terrifying anyway, but especially if yeah. you can, like, be, you know, extinguished by it. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I do think it's pretty cool the way that you find out that the wizard that trapped the Ginny like a thousand years ago, um, because they're bound spiritually, keeps being reborn into all these different like religious zealots who keep trying to have magical powers. And... Um, his latest incarnation, of course, is, is our friend Shalman. Um, so he's like the same guy who entrapped the Ginny and also created the Golem without even... He didn't even realize that he was that guy until he... Like, they touched each other and they had that vision or whatever. Yeah. Well, it was after he after he took the spark out of uh, Soleil, wasn't it, that he sort of realized it? Um... No, it was when they touched, when they were in that golden, the the Conroy's shop or whatever, when he finally was able to track down the Ginny. But wasn't that after that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll I'll look at it briefly, but. But it was in that moment, there was like a flash and he realized that he was like Ibn Malik and like had all these past life visions and stuff. My notes are like super cryptic. I don't know. Nah, fuck it. Maybe it's not. Whatever. It's not important. But I did like that part though. I like I like Soleil. He's my, my favorite secondary character. Yeah. Because like he's messed up from having that like Ginny spark in him. Mm-hmm. And so he just like can't look at people's faces because he just sees skulls. Yeah, that'd be creepy. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But. And then he realize, and then he sees this guy who is glowing, who can look in the face, and he's like, "What is your deal?" Well, like people think he's crazy at first. Well, people yeah. think he's crazy anyway. Yes. But like when he identifies the Ginny mm-hmm. and is like freaking out about it, people just think it's like, "Oh, it's that dude. He's just crazy." But he makes excellent ice cream. Yeah, he makes very good ice cream. He used to be a doctor. Yep. And now he's a hero. Well, that's a, that's a good, like, I feel like that's a good encapsulation of, like, the immigrant experience for a lot of people. Yeah. Where you were, like, you know, had a profession at home, and, like, now you come over to the U.S., and you just have to do, like, drive a cab or something. Right. Because that's what you can get, basically. Right, and he doesn't Or your English. certification doesn't transfer, or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that there's a lot of, like, really uh, interesting, like, metaphors for that immigrant experience. Um 
which are obviously intentional, but they're not. I don't. They're not heavy-handed. I don't think. Well, yeah. There's, there's that little moment. Is it when? Well, yeah. I guess it's when the, when the golem first gets to New York City, and she's like, they they do the Ellis Island thing. Uh huh. And she basically she dodges that right, and then walks through the river. Yeah, she just jumps off the ship and yeah. literally walks through the river. But like that's the only part where I feel like it's sort of transparent. I guess a little bit when they talk about the like little Syria neighborhood and like some of the other neighborhoods in in Manhattan slash New York City about like the different kind of like ethnic religious enclaves or whatever but yeah but yeah it's not like this is about immigration right whatever melting pot salad bowl bullshit yeah well yeah and it's interesting because it's like what if not only were you new to this new country but like you were new at being a person a human (laughs) form yeah and like trying to figure out like what the fuck is up with humans well i like that one uh I guess maybe when he, when when the golem is talking to the rabbi, but maybe even when she's talking to uh, the genie later on, she talks about like how old she is. She's like two weeks old, two months old. Yeah. Whatever, because like, and she, I mean, she is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even though she has like a a larger than normal adult form. Yeah. Uh, and it's like you know functions at a largely kind of adult level, just doesn't have that like well of experience to draw on. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's interesting that because of their, like, and I, I think if you were a sexist, you could read into it, but I don't think, I think it's because of the nature of the character, like, the types of creatures they are, and we touched on this a little bit, that, that, um, Hava is, like, she's meant to serve, that's what she's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and all, she, like, she... <laughs> like likes walking around at night and going to the park because there are so few like wants and desires she can hear because people are asleep because it's like a cacophony in her brain at like all times well and i feel like too remember if it was during one of those walks or otherwise when she was just talking about being out late at night like it seemed like the wants and needs were kind of simpler sometimes mm-hmm. like people just want to get laid or just want to get drunk or just want to go home mm-hmm. and that's like it's it's more basic than like during the day when everyone's freaking out about everything and like there are times where her hands are like literally twitching because she everything in her wants to help like solve those people's wants that's and her desires. first mistake is trying to wanting to help people well she can't help that that's how she that's what she is Whatever, man. But then the Ginny is like this creature of fire who lives on the wind and is like not um, malicious, but very much like um, he just doesn't like he just doesn't think about how his actions affect people. Conundrum. Could you could you create a Ginny or no a, a golem? So we find out you know uh, uh, the dude. Shaman. No, the dude who requests the... the, the oh, Rotfeld? Rotfeld, yeah. He has, like, fairly specific requirements for right. what he wants the, the uh, golem to be. Could you create one that doesn't care? Or is it just, like, by the nature of what it is, it has to? Well, I mean, it's tied to a master, so there's not... I mean, I, mean, I Could, guess could you have masters... it care about the master and then just, like, hate everyone else, or...? Well, I think when you have, yeah, when you have a master, you don't hear or care about other people's uh, desires. Yeah. So when um, Shalman figures out how to bind her to him at the end, 
and she like is filled with a sense of peace basically and yeah is willing to like hurt her friends and stuff because um that's what her master wants that's what her master wants so i guess theoretically if your master's greatest and only desire was that you do whatever you want <laughs> that could work but like i just it did you would still be fulfilling that person's wishes by doing that I was just contemplating, like, who would have that kind of agenda and was just thinking about, like, Hitler having a golem, which is obviously not going to happen because sure. of, you know, anti-Semitism. But... Sure. Oh, man. That would be a really good, like, Holocaust fiction. Hitler's golem? Well, either Hitler's golem or, like... Come on, like, he didn't... Like, like Himmler didn't try to make some, like, golems. Oh, no, Come he on. totally did. He totally did. Golem army. I it was in, like, late 44, where things were headed downhill. They're like, fuck it, let's do the golems. Let's go to our weird, let's go to our weird uh, SS castle and make some golems. Uh, but, like, if you had people who were, like, in a concentration camp, mm-hmm. and they just made this golem army to kill all the guards. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be sweet. I feel like that's probably been written. Yeah, I feel like it probably I feel like is. I'm, or at least... People I'm just, just, just going to look up golem fiction. Or at least fiction. people, like, <laughs> fantasized about that, you know. Like, that would be cool, though. Yeah. But then, like, would fire kill them? Would it, like, dry them out? I don't think so. Or no? I think that they can only be destroyed by the, um... It's just the spell. The spell. Or, or the... Yeah, you have to say the right spell. Can I also talk about how awesome it is, uh, later in the book? Um, it, well, yeah, it's Shalman, right, who... Who like carves that into his arm so he has it? Oh, the, yeah. The like kill code, basically. For... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, what he carves into his arm is a. Or is it the to get control of that, her thing? A charm that shields his mind from the golem, so she. Oh, she figures know out there's something about. up with him because she can't hear anything in his mind. Yeah, yeah. And so she's suspicious. Regardless, it's awesome that he carves into his arm. Sure, I mean that's pretty badass. Serious business. Know, people. Also awesome when she was trying to figure out like what she could stick into herself and like would and like how wounds worked for her oh yeah because it just like it was just like sticking needles and shit in her arm just to see and then she realized it was getting out of hand <laughs> well yeah she was like bored to the point where she thought she was just gonna like lop off one of her arms or something it's mm-hmm. like yeah maybe I should maybe I should take in some sewing yeah. do whatever she was gonna do from there yeah well, I, I, I think it is uh, kind of cool how she and Ahmad, like, you know, are constantly butting heads because they have such different views about, like, existence and, like, how to be. Yeah. Um, but they don't have anybody else who understands what they're going through. And especially if the rabbi dies, like, Hava doesn't have anybody who knows what she is. Yeah. Um, and so they can just kind of, like, relax with each other and uh I think it's cool wasn't there maybe I'm misremembering it but I feel like there was another moment where like maybe it was even another rabbi like saw her and like kind of looked at her weird maybe it was even at the rabbi's funeral or something afterwards I guess she didn't go to the funeral proper but I feel like there was one other moment where she thought someone recognized her 
Well, it might have been the first time that Shulman came upon her in the bakery. It but may didn't have been, yeah. Her. Yeah. And he realized, he recognized her and then, like, hurried away so she wouldn't be able to hear him. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Ginny saw her and was like, hey, you're made of clay. <laughs> and she's like, well, you're fucking that fire man. This would make a really cool movie. Yeah. I could see it done really poorly, but yeah. if the right people did it, I think yeah. it would make an awesome movie. That would be really cool. Because there's all that cool, there's all that cool stuff that happens at, um, like back a thousand years ago when the Ginny was free, with the Bedouins and him like interfering with that like teenage girl and. Would it be good? Getting uh, himself in trouble. It'd be good as like a I don't know, three or four part like miniseries kind of thing. Because there's so mm -hmm. much stuff happening yeah. that I feel like you need, like, I don't know, eight hours to get through it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. But it could be really good. So, I don't know. People Masterpiece who... Theater, get your shit together. Yeah, I would be all over that. Who who plays who, then? Who, who do you want to be the golem? Who do you want to be the genie? Oh. The thing is with the golem is that she can't be too pretty. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she'll be prettier than the golem is meant to be. She's meant to be re relatively not unattractive but just kind of plain right um so you've got to find a, a a less than stunning actress okay who's really tall okay but the genie the genie is basically hot yeah he's tall and sexy uh no beard though no i imagined beard. him as like vaguely swarthy i don't know if that i is... kind of imagined him a little bit as just like a non-cartoon aladdin <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so pretty much anybody they're considering for that live-action oh, Aladdin role. Oh, you know who it should be? Hmm. Riz Ahmed. Uh, he is dreamy. I don't think he's big enough, though. Yeah, I thought about that. Like, oh, man, he's, he's a little of, bit... He's kind of a little dude. Yeah, I'm trying That's to think wiry. of... He needs to be, like, tall. Yeah. I'm sure there are many sexy uh, Arab actors out there. But why do that when you can have a white person play it? Oh, fair point. Yeah. Fair point some some I don't know, sand face whatever you call that <laughs> I guess it's just well I just, I just I feel like it's different that from that sounds racist yeah no it sounds really racist no I was just thinking like it feels like it should be different than black face like black a brown, face, a brown, brown face. face okay okay we'll call it brown a face. brown face yeah but yeah I just I just assume if it was like a Hollywood production that it would just be like some random white dude that they not like a full-on Fisher Stevens situation, but like problematic. I'm standing beside myself. <laughs> my siblings and I used to say that all the time when we were kids. I thought it was so funny. We didn't understand how racist it was. Also, I don't think we understood that that guy was not actually an Indian man because we were children. Yeah, my class, uh, some of them had a less than subtle understanding of that film, which was troubling, but... Isaac, he's short circuit in class because he's yeah, amazing. Which was amazing. It was really fun. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think of who would be a good like actress for that. I'd have to do some research. Give it some thought. Yeah. Well, ponder it. Yeah. Possibly return to this if it, if it occurs. The only way I can think of is just like too beautiful. Yeah. Well, you could ugly him up a little bit. All I'm thinking of is like, oh, Natalie Portman is Israeli. Yeah, so I thought Gal I thought about that, but she's she's little. And so that wouldn't Gal work. Gadot. 
Yeah, she's taller, but she's still pretty but skinny. She's re- and she's really pretty. Yeah. Um. um. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's yeah. something we could think about, but yeah. Regardless, sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. sidebar. But yeah, miniseries would be excellent. So yeah. someone should look into that. Someone should definitely make preferably that. something like masterpiece rather than right. Something stupid. Not just like. Well, I mean, they can make they make some nice stuff for like Netflix and Amazon and stuff. But I'd be afraid they'd be like, and let's make a season two. I'd be like, nope, just end it. Just have it be a miniseries, a self-contained thing. I don't know what is there other stuff you wanted to kind of hit on. Uh, I mean, I just I respect the way that the different storylines kind of interweave in a way that you don't really know if any of them are going to come back, and then they all do at the end. I think it's really well constructed that way, narratively. I think the only one that felt a little bit forced to me was uh, when they sort of uh, go back to Sophia's after uh, Ahmad tries to, like, drown himself in the oh, fountain. Oh, yeah. It's just like, why is that the place you go to? I think it, I, to me, it was just like, oh, just fucking, because it had to be, it was meant to be her. Yeah. I and, feel like and it, like their appearance there freed her from her engagement and having to live kind of a, like a, the life that she's expected as this like married rich woman. I appreciate her family's like, what the fuck? The, Who are your weird naked friends? One one of the many things with her mom, but like when they they painted her portrait or whatever. Uh huh. But it was like after she'd had the fire fetus and was all like cold and shaky all the time, mm-hmm. and like wouldn't hang it in the main hallway. She just like put it in the in the dining room or something. I think they were photos. Because <laughs> she was ashamed. Was it? I think they were photo portraits. Either way, that. But that, they had her dress up like some like fucking Persian princess or something. That wasn't shit. displayed prominently. Ironic. Yeah, I mean, did you have you ever read um, a prayer for Owen Meany, hmm. the John Irving book? I read a bunch of John Irving, but not that. Um, I read it in high school and I loved it. And it kind of has, um, it's a very different book, but um, it has kind of the similar like. There's all these like really kind of like random aside things that you're just like, what's that about? That's weird. Blah blah blah. And then they kind of like come together in a really satisfying way in the ending. Um, in a way that feels kind of magical when it works. Well, it reminded me at, at points when I was reading it, it reminded me of a less like, not, I don't know, I don't, what do you call it? Like self-aware. It reminded me a little bit of like Midnight's Children. Uh-huh. But I felt like Midnight's Children is way like more kind of like knowing and like kind of like a little bit winky about how all this stuff sort of links together. Yeah. And this, it still links, it's still interwoven, but it just didn't seem like it had that that extra thing to it which I don't think is bad I, I think liked, at times that got kind of annoying I liked Midnight's Children but I thought Shame was better which I think is maybe kind of a prequel to that or something it's somehow narratively related maybe We should. have you read Satanic Verses? Mm-mm. we should do that maybe Yeah. at some point I'd read it uh, but yeah, it just reminded me a little bit of that when I'm thinking about, okay, well, things with, like, 30 storylines happening at the same time. And just kind of this, like, sweeping people popping centuries. Up. And yeah, people popping up from, like, way early on in the book that you completely forgot about, mm-hmm. and now they're, like, a really important character kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, but it just makes I have it to, feel very deliberate, which I... I mean, she took seven years to write it, so... You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I would imagine it would take seven years to write something like this, probably. Whereas, like, I'm writing a sketch and I'm, like, put in, like, two random characters that I just, like, want a one-off joke of. <laughs> they won't mean anything. <clears throat> I'm an excellent writer, you guys. I feel like her, her sketch writing probably is not, it's not great, though. It's a very different scale. It's a very different skill. Yeah, yeah. I always have to trim mine. Mine yeah, are always do. too long. Trim them up. In some ways, this is less satisfying than hating a book. There were a couple, like, good place jokes I had. Oh, the good place is so good, you guys. Um, I mean, being in the good place. Well, they were describing uh, Sophia's circumstances and, like, the life that was sort of laid out for her. Uh-huh. It definitely felt like a, like, Rose and Titanic thing to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was just trying to... Well, who... Oh, dude. Could you have Zayn play a mod? <laughs> I mean, in your fantasy casting, it can be anybody you want. I'm just trying to think, like, that. that is somewhat close to how I imagine a mod in my head. I think you should be more handsome than that. Just shooting down all my, all my casting choices here. I, I might cast it differently than you. Well, whatever. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Sec- separate competing productions yeah. of adaptations. Yeah. Don't have it film adaptations yeah so that that reminded me i don't know just because it seemed like that like this like annoying social life thing is just laid out for you where you just have to be like fake and, and go to stupid parties and crap all the time she just like wants to read her dad's travel books like not be around wants to see the world everyone. man. well now she can she can go at all the warm places yep so she doesn't shiver hanging out getting hot yeah, I, I still really sort of wanted something more to kind of happen there with her and Ahmad, but... She was but a dalliance. It's not she, out doesn't, of the, she doesn't understand him. It's not out of the question, but she can come to understand him. You didn't want him and the, the golem to get together? I did, but like... I don't know, they... It seemed more like brother-sistery kind of sometimes. Uh... Early on, at least. I think tension kind of developed. Yeah. Well, I think it's less like a, I mean, like a sexy, sexy romance and more like they kind of discovered that they care really deeply for each other. Soulmates. So it's like a, well, I'm kind of in like the epilogue part or whatever, basically. Kava's thinking about like how it's going to work when he gets back. And it's just like, you know, she doesn't want to really get married again. And she doesn't want to tie him down. But they're more. Can't, can't tame the eight. But they're more than just know. like friends. Yep. So they'll have to find a way to like be kind of partners to each other in a way that like satisfies her, but keeps him from feeling like he's being tied down. You know what the next step is? Hmm. Roommates. Like just being roommates with each other. Yeah. Oh. That's 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 season two. <laughs> The wacky sitcom of yep. them living together. She keeps trying to beg for me, and he's like, I don't eat. Yep. Well, they save... I would imagine they'd save on the heating bill. She doesn't really... I guess she gets a little bit, like, creaky when it's cold and wet. Yeah, she does. But... Because her clay starts to harden up a bit. Well, that's one of the things that's, like, telling about them when they walk around at night is they don't need, like, heavy clothes in the winter. Right. And that time when they talk about her walking in the park... 
mm-hmm. and uh, the snow like settles on her face but doesn't melt because there's no like heat yeah coming from the inside which was interesting didn't someone saw her someone see someone saw her and was like sort of freaked out about it I think so because she was just like snow faced and you shouldn't be able to do that yeah but but there's also probably someone who was like you know drunk in the park at like three in the morning so yeah they would write it off I could see them working something out where, like, maybe a mod goes around and, like, you know, bangs a chick occasionally, but, like... Sure. Has found some value in having somebody, like... So it's, like, an open relationship kind of thing, or...? I feel like it would have to be with him. Well, yeah. No, he's probably going to, like, be like, I'm uh, I gotta go out west for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like you do? And she'll just be like, I'm going to work at a bakery forever. She want to work at a bakery forever? I mean, well, she enjoys the work there, but... At least for a while. Yeah. She could probably have her own bakery. I suppose. But eventually they're going to run into the problem where they don't age. Yeah. So they have to move. They just got to move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that at one point, that, like, as, as if they've lived for a while, they're going to have to do that, but... Well, and... A mod will die eventually. I mean, in, like, several hundred years. Yeah. I guess I guess Hava could live indefinitely, theoretically. Right, unless somebody destroys her. Yeah. But she's got the spell now, so she can destroy herself. Yep. If slash when she wants to. Yeah, those were interesting moments where she was like trying to contemplate like whether she should, mm-hmm. and thought maybe she should, but like, it's not really suicidal because it didn't seem like she was approaching it that way. Like life isn't the same thing. To her, kind of. No, no, she just doesn't want to hurt other people. She thinks she's dangerous. And so even when she was discussing it with the rabbi early on, like, listen, I don't really want you to destroy me, but uh, if you think that you have to, like, I understand. Yeah. Which is intense. That's interesting. But don't beat up her friend. Yeah. She'll fuck you up. Yep. And he deserved it. Stupid Anna who tries to blackmail Ahmad. Right? It's like, like you do not know who you're dealing with, dude. girl. No. You don't want to do that? No. I felt sorry for her. This but... dude will end you. Yeah, no, that was a bad situation. Although, like, you had to see that coming. Oh, Just like, oh, coming. you got knocked up, and then now all of a sudden, you know, you're going to get married and move to Boston or wherever they were going to go? Like, no. Yeah, that's too no. neat a solution. That no. guy's full of shit. That's not going to happen. I thought he'd just, like, straight up ghost her, but mm. that trial would have been interesting. Oh, if she'd been arrested? Yeah. Well, and it would suck to go to a prison because she'd never die. Yeah. She could break herself out at any time, but she'd have to be on the run, I guess. Yeah. Well, she's going to have to move anyway, so. Yeah. Well, she and Ahmad can figure it out. Road trip. Yeah, so any, any, um, thing you wanted to get in? I got to get ready for my soccer game here. It's weird to be talking about one that we, like, genuinely like. Yeah, really like it. Like, like, like. Yeah. It's like I don't have it. I don't really have any shit to talk about this book. Like I liked Stranger Beside Me. It was good, yeah. but there was a lot of fucked up shit to talk about in it. This is just like, yeah, that part of the plot was interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a real like book discussion. Well, I feel like even when I, even when I teach stuff in class, a lot of it is just like picking it apart mm-hmm. and being like, okay, why does this work or not work? Why did the author write this the way they did? And it's, like, not necessarily negative, but it's critical. Sure. But I feel like, I don't know, I don't really have that many things to poke at in this. I think it's just a really well-written book. It was great. That's my review. 
Yeah, you know, so our, our first sort of like unanimous two thumbs up kind of situation. Yeah. So. We'll we'll uh, let you know what's going to be next. We don't have our next book picked out. Well, we'll put it out to the people. See if they have any. Yeah, we're looking for suggestions for something that is popular and um, that we probably won't but like. We probably won't like um, for our next book. Um, we are also now on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can just look for uh, Couples Book Club, and we'll post updates and you can comment and ask questions there. Um, also, our website is couplesbookclubcast.blog. You can email us at couplesbookclubcast at gmail.com. Um, again, with suggestions or whatever skis. And um, yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got, man. Keep reading. Yep. Don't make a golem. Well, if you, if you do it, make it make responsibly. Make a nice golem. Yeah. <laughs> Golem responsibly. <laughs> <laughs>